Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. It's your girl, Tam. You already know when you hear my voice at the beginning, that means there's no Renee. But front row Kenny is with us. What it do, Kenny? What it do, boo? Yo, what's happening? What's happening, y'all? What's happening? Shoot. Austin, what's happening? We really <laughs> raced at Coda. Like, That's an understatement. <laughs> I'm just upset that I wasn't there, but we really actually finally had a race, a NASCAR race at Coda. What did you think about the race? Man, I will say right at the gate, I wish I could have went. I will definitely say that. I've never been to Coda. I know you have um, with the good folks at, uh, you was with Ferrari, right? Weren't you when you went? Ferrari and Shell, yep. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, but uh, yeah, I've never I've never been to Coda, let alone Texas. I still haven't been to Texas just yet. But yeah, that place seems like a really cool circuit. I hear it is absolutely massive. I have can't I can't even imagine. From the photos I saw on the ground, they look pretty cool. We had a couple of photographers on our team. Uh so shout out Alejandro and shout out Tyson uh, out there getting all the good pictures for NASCAR this weekend. They took some amazing shots. It looked freaking amazing. When they were doing the aerial shot, I was like, oh, I wish I was there. But then again, when it started raining, well, it rained off and on the whole weekend. I was like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not there. Like, I don't do elements. I don't do rain, snow, hail, none of that. I only do hot. H-O-T. Hot. That's all I do is heat. H-E-A-T. Oh, my God. Why am I spelling everything? Okay, I actually know why, <laughs> why I am spelling everything. I've watched the little unscripted mini documentary, Untold Story, I forgot what it's called, but it was about DMX. And he talked about K Solo stealing his rhyme, Spellbound. I know most of our listeners have no idea about what I'm talking about. Just know that DMX, who recently passed away, he did a rap where he spelt everything in the rap. And then K Solo stole his rhyme and put out Spellbound on another label, yada, yada, yada. So I think that's why I'm spelling things. But hey, whatever. Okay. I don't even think we should talk about the weekend because I already know what you did. I'm just going to speak for you. You watched the Formula One race. You watched Indy <laughs> qualifying. And you watched all the NASCAR races at Coda, correct? Yeah, you're correct. I actually did not do much else, really. I didn't have time to. I, I Actually, there was one thing I wanted to do that I still haven't done Two day, three or four days later. So I was supposed to work on building up my flight simulator on my computer. I was supposed to buy a new one, yet I have yet to do that. Just haven't done it because I felt like I just haven't had the time. <laughs> it's crazy but yeah that's the bulk of my weekend how was your weekend weekend was low-key i stayed in all weekend like yourself i you know how i feel about trucks so i dipped in and out of that i did watch my boy kfb as in cow beep 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 bush 
when the Xfinity race, and you guys know I usually do not watch Xfinity races, but I was a little bit curious and wanted to get a better understanding of how things were going to go down for the cup race. So I chimed in a bit with that. And then the rest of it was just all basketball. I watched LeBron, a.k.a. LaFlop, a.k.a. La Drama, <laughs> a.k.a. They called him so much stuff, I can't even repeat it. But I actually like LeBron, so I'm not <laughs> coming at it from a bad angle. It's just that Twitter is undefeated, and I laugh my ass off at some of the tweets. And I'm going to say this again. Kenny, because you know that CP3 tweet when they had him. Who was that? Yo. It was a WWE wrestler, but he, he rose <laughs> up. And that same wrestler, I saw a meme where he was in a sitting in a chair, a wheelchair, and he took a blanket from over his legs and jumped up. But yeah, so that was pretty much my weekend. I mean, every time I think about... <laughs> What was said on Twitter is no words for it. You see, I couldn't even think of the that words. That tweet was wild. I just want to say that. That tweet was so wild when you said it to me. I've seen a couple people do that. It's a lot of times like those random basketball accounts is run by somebody that's like 13, 14 years old doing that. It's, it's wild. But I did watch basketball. I will say that. I am low-key rooting for the Knicks to somehow, some way beat the Hawks. But uh, Trigger Trey Young decided to... Uh, in their life at Madison Square Garden. I don't know what it is about the garden, but for the last, shoot, I'll say before I was born, it seems like players go to the garden just to have like a historic game, and it's never anybody on the Knicks. It is the strangest thing in the world. It's before your time, but, you know, obviously I lived in New York. I'm a little older than you, but there's just this thing about New York City street ball. I'm sure you most of us or most of our listeners have heard of Rutgers. There have been movies that have featured Rutgers Park. And yes, I indeed. think that as a ball player, you know about Rutgers growing up. And if you had the pleasure of running some games at Rutgers, it's just this thing about New York City. So when you step in the building, you got Spike Lee, you got Tracy Morgan, you got all these celebrities. And it just makes you want to go off. And Trey Young went off. And more importantly, too, and I can speak from experience having gone to some Nick games as well as the New York Liberty games, which is the WNBA team once upon a time. You know, I used to work with all the WNBA girls. So I was at every home game in New York City because we had a couple of players that played for the Liberty When you step in the garden, New York fans is bananas. So as an opposing team, you're taking a lot of SHIT. And I mean, New York fans (laughs) is doing everything but throwing snowballs at you. So your adrenaline is pumping when you're in Madison Square Gardens. And it's like, it's Madison Square Gardens. It's the New York Knicks. You New York, baby. You in New York, baby. So, Yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to root for D. Rose, even though I want to see Trey win. I got to root for, I don't even want to call him an old head because technically D. Rose is not even an old head, but he just seems like (laughs) an old head. So I'm going to root for him. But nonetheless, so we can go on and on talking about NBA, but this is a podcast about NASCAR, baby. So without further ado, I'm going to actually sit back and let Kenny 
talk all NASCAR because Kenny is jonesing. This weekend was a treat for him. I mean, I can talk about the Formula One race and how Hamilton didn't even get a pole position, but that's a whole nother story. And we can talk about IndyCar, but I guess next week we'll probably talk more about IndyCar because it'll be the Indy 500. And then, of course, it'll be Charlotte for NASCAR, the Coke 600, which is a little odd that things have been shaken up because we usually get the triple header on Memorial Day weekend, but we won't get that this weekend. So saying all that to say, Kenny, it's all you. Give us the top 10. Tell us everything you thought about Coda from trucks, from Xfinity, the cup, and then we'll go into some predictions. And yeah, okay, it's all you. <laughs> Before I, I, jump into, I jump into the top 10 real quick, I will say... My, I did watch Monaco, like you said, and it, Mercedes, they struggled. Like it was a very bad weekend for them. It was not well, but, uh, yeah, I took in everything for Coda. I watched all three races and most of the practice sessions because I wanted to get an idea of, you know, what we might see out there. Um, JR Houston, actually, who is an engineer on 23XI, Bubba Wallace's team was on racing spaces on Twitter. If you don't know what that is, that is one of the, in quote spaces uh, that happens on a weekly basis on Twitter. And I decided to hop into one um, last week before that. And he gave some really insightful info, especially talking about how the teams are getting ready to practice and get themselves adjusted to the to the race itself. And of course, coming down to Sunday, unfortunately, the 23XI team did not have such a great day. And quite a few others were also caught up in that mess before. Um, I say anything else. Here goes the top 10. Chase Elliott obviously won after the race got red flagged in the last stage due to another heavy downpour at Coda, which I'll talk about a lot more later. But yes, Chase Elliott wins. That is his 12th Cup Series win, which is crazy. It feels like it felt like he just got to, to Cup and it really hasn't been that long. But for him to have a championship and have knocked off 12 wins that fast is actually pretty amazing. Not really surprised in the fact that he won it because he's a pretty solid road course driver. No doubt about it. That win also marks 800 wins for Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. So that is huge on their behalf. That's a huge achievement. And that also marks the 268th win for Hendrick Motorsports. With that, that actually ties them with Petty Enterprises. Not the current Petty team now. But Petty Enterprises is a separate entity entity than what Richard Petty Motorsports is. Just got to remember that. So they tied them this weekend, which means they are very close to doing so. And the Coke 600 has been pretty good to them. They've won that a couple times over the years. Obviously, a few names like, oh, I don't know. This guy named Jimmy Johnson has won it. Maybe this random kid named Jeff Gordon has won that race. So it sounds like 269 could come this upcoming weekend at Charlotte. But for the remainder of the top 10, second place is Kyle Larson, who was leading before the rain, but had a pit and that did not work out in his favor quite clearly. Joey Logano came home in third. Ross Chastain with a solid fourth place finish. Tim, yo man, AJ Allmendinger came home in fifth. He had a really good weekend overall. He almost uh, was in contention to win the Xfinity race, but Kyle Busch was in another zip code. This weekend, Chase Briscoe finished in sixth. Michael McDowell finished in seventh, which I told people in Clubhouse, he's a solid road course pick. And even if you play DraftKings or NASCAR Fantasy, 
Great pick for that. Came home in seventh. Alex Bowman, last week's winner, came home in eighth. Tyler Reddick, another solid finish for him, came home in ninth. And to round out the top 10, Saturday afternoon's winner, Kyle Busch, took took 10th place, and that rounded out the top 10. So a pretty mixed bag once you look at the top 10, actually. Think about the names. Chase Briscoe, who hasn't really had the greatest rookie season so far. Michael McDowell in the mix, Tyler Reddick, and Ross Chastain. And that's what I really liked about Coda. It was it gave us a chance without being forced parity, so to speak. You had a mix up in the in the running order. And that's what a type of race like that should produce. That's why I like road course racing personally. But for a couple notables from P35 all the way down to P39, we had a pretty massive wreck, two massive wrecks, actually, that took out quite a few cars in stage two. Martin Truex was one of them. Martin Truex and Cole Custer came home in 35th and 36th, respectively. Truex and Custer, they hit hard. I mean, those two hit hard. With the visibility being a bit of an issue and, of course, speed on that back straightaway, it's a recipe for a chance to have something like that happen. And, unfortunately, it did. Martin Truex took a pretty heavy hit. Same thing with Cole Custer. They both got off the car. And they were unscathed, which is a great thing. But they were a little, you know, they weren't too happy about that, of course. And I think uh, Kevin Harvick also had an accident. And Bubba was actually involved, who came home in 39th. He was definitely not happy. His statement was very bleak and simple. And he was like, look, I am not happy, et cetera, et cetera. And he walked off. He did the interview, but he walked off. And that was it. Bubba did not do the interview. Um, he was that level of man, which is understandable. Instead, J.R. Houston, who I just talked about, did the interview in place of him and, you know, talked to Fox and everything. I know some people were a little up in arms about that, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. People want to be mad to be mad sometimes. That's just how it goes. But yeah, I thought we got a pretty solid race out of it. I think we got a lot of reactions, um, via Twitter. And just based on what I saw on Jeff Gluck's poll, it doesn't really shock me that. It was very close on the no side to the yes side. Yes won, I believe, by 52%, and 46% voted no. Um, A lot of people were talking about a lot of the rain issues. So if you didn't watch the race, there was a ton of rain in the morning and, of course, in the middle portion of the race. And Kyle Busch actually was very calm in his interview, believe it or not, and he pretty much said, look, we, we're, I'm glad we're doing this, but I think what we should have done is just stop at stage two and let the rain subside to at least a point where we can see enough. And then we could have just kept going. That's what his thoughts were. And that's what he felt. And I think a lot of the other fellow competitors thought the same thing before we actually ended the race itself. So yeah, it was a, a wild weekend. I mean, even the truck race was good too. I watched the truck race. I thought that was interesting. Todd Gilliland getting the win. That was, uh, that's pretty huge on his behalf. I'm sure he's uh, super excited about that. I thought Sheldon Creed was going to take that one home, but that race was solid. Xfinity race was okay. Uh, Kyle was in his own area code, as I said before. He had that one on lock. There was no doubt. But the cup race is also good. And, you know, some people obviously had the knee-jerk reactions to, you know, the rain and mixing in the road courses and the rain, and it's just too much uh, danger in it, which, to be quite frank, the danger doesn't leave even in the dry. So, you know, to be quite frank, miss me with that. <laughs> that's the kindest way I could say that, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's, you know, kind of what I thought. And like I said, again, on Clubhouse, as we talk on Clubhouse all the time, 
I said, look, go on this weekend with no expectation if you have an expectation because you just don't know what you're going to get out of this. And I think that was the thing I think most people should have done, but they didn't. So, hey, I think we should bring it back for another year and give it another go and, you know, see where it goes from there. I'm not quite sure what it, you thought about it, Tam, but I thought we got as good as you could get. In all honesty, I thought that it was dangerous conditions, but like you said, <laughs> Wet or dry is always going to be dangerous. The rain is just what it is. You know, you can't predict what Mother Nature is going to do. I'm on the fence about it, to be honest. But for all those people who have always wondered why NASCAR doesn't race in the rain, now you know why. And it was a scary moment, the Martin Truex Jr. accident. Personally, I, you know, I'm used to it. As you guys know, I like super speedway racing. But when you see this happen at a road course, the way it unfolded, and you know that it has a lot to do with visibility and rain, it kind of makes you think twice about why NASCAR never races in the rain. Well, I guess you can never say never because it happened, but it's rare when they race in the rain. So yeah, so I'm on the fence about it. Personally, I thought the race was okay, but it was times where... I don't know. I can go on and on. I just, I didn't dislike the race by any means. I didn't love it because of the rain. I was happy for the race to be at Coda. And I'll leave it at that. And just taking it a step back when you were talking about Hendrick earlier, when right before you gave the top 10, if I'm not mistaken, Hendrick holds the most wins for new tracks. So... Jeff Gordon actually holds the record, but Chase is second. But collectively, out as a team, they hold the record because Chase has won in the last what year or two. He's won both of the new races, so it makes you think. You're like, hmm, is he going to win at Nashville? Just putting that out there. Hmm, that is that's a good point. I did I did catch that stat. That is true, and that's kind of crazy. <laughs> with the inaugural events that they somehow some way win but I mean Hendrick has been on it this season they now all collectively have a win so far this season which is not on my bingo card I will definitely say that I didn't expect them all collectively to win that fast at least or you know even one of them having more than one win with Alex Bowman which is you know surprising in his own regard but yeah that team has really found a stride and I think it's funny because if you look at the last like couple of years, they weren't necessarily bad, but they also weren't at that level where they were maybe I want to say in the late nineties through the early two thousands. Like they they just didn't have that same I w I don't want to say moxie, but <laughs> I just don't think that team was where it's at today. They just seem to all click. And I mean from crew chief to driver, it seems like each pairing has worked out well. I mean, look at William Byron, like win that early is very shocking to a lot of people including myself like that win at homestead was something else i know he's good there you know he's been good there in the truck in the xfinity series but to come back again right after not having check and now going with uh his current spotter now it's it's an i mean excuse me current crew chief now uh rudy fugel it's it's amazing i mean again i've always say the crew chief to the driver relationship does make a difference and i think everyone as a collective just has it on point right now and they they look sharp they they look real sharp but just to say something else about the rain i think i don't have a problem with 
it being in the rain, to be quite honest. I think the issue comes with standing water and Coda is very different with that. And the reason why I say that is because there's a, a crap ton of elevation. Like there's a lot of elevation where you didn't really have a problem with rain were the places where the water could literally just run down, like up the hill. Obviously, the water's just going to run run straight down. Um, some of the flatter parts were the issues, I believe, like night between turns 19 and 20. I remember Kurt Busch hit like some standing water and a couple other people hit that same exact little plop of water. I think that's where the the issue was. But I think that track drains way better than most because they're more prepared for it. But at the same token, I've seen that track in worse conditions, unfortunately, and it, it was probably way more unsafe than what we experienced on Sunday. I think it was WEC back in the day. If you don't know what WEC is, that is basically the European version of IMSA. And they, it was a monsoon legitimately. Like, I mean, it looked like how it looks in certain places, like where there's a river and it rains like real heavy. Like that's how bad it looks. So yeah, I'm again, I'm all in for it. It was interesting. And I think next year the cars are probably going to be able to handle this a lot better from being honest. I think braking is also an important thing to take note of. Once they have cars with better brakes, that's definitely going to help the situation. But yeah, I guess, you know, you live, you learn from this type of situations. And the only thing you can do is just move on and learn from it. We got a couple more road courses left. So, you know, Road America is a huge one. That's going to be uh, quite a different one later on this summer. But yeah, I think raining is all right with me. I think it's fine. NASCAR has 11 road course races this season, correct? No, six. Six. Why did I say 11? I feel like you might have said 11 because you might be thinking about the amount of winners we've had so far in 14 races. I'm going to give it to that. <laughs> okay, well, I, you know what? I think because when I was watching Clint Boyer, they asked him the question, but I don't know why I thought 11. Because actually, that doesn't even make sense now that I think about it because we only have 26 regular season races, so 11 of them couldn't be road courses. So, yeah, I don't know where I got that from, but you said six road courses. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay, cool. So, you were about to say what? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, I think we, we got a solid race. I mean, our next road course is Sonoma out there in California, which will be uh, pretty cool. But, yeah, we got a pretty a couple of good, good ones coming up next. I mean, you look at the summertime, you got Sonoma following the Coke 600, then you've got Road America, 4th of July weekend, Watkins Glen in August. Shameless plug, I will be out there. So if I by any chance meet anybody out there, it won't be hard to find me. I promise you. <laughs> you see somebody running around trying to get pictures and videos, that'll be me. But and then the Roval, obviously, to close it out in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm cool with the new additions with the road courses because I actually like road course racing. I, it has grown on me substantially as a kid. I was not very entertained by it personally because all the cars were like all over the place and I didn't understand timing and scoring. But now I do, so it doesn't bother me like it used to. But yeah, I do really like road course racing. I feel like Coda was like all that was happening in NASCAR this week. And it's sad because I know that's not true, but it just seems like Coda was like this big old event. It was like, Fourth of July weekend for NASCAR. It was huge. It's a huge event. Did we talk last week about the Brad Keselowski situation potentially at Roush? I don't know if we talked about that. We talked about it a little bit. I think what happened was is that 
If I'm not mistaken, we recorded. No, I guess we did talk about it. I feel like we talked. You know what? I think we're confused about Clubhouse versus the podcast. I we think talked that's about it, it on, the cl- <laughs> on the Clubhouse app. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. And shout out to the Clubhouse app. Shout out to Jasmine Neely from NASCAR Communications. She joined us in a Clubhouse room with some other NASCAR folks, and it was a great conversation. She talked about juggling being an NFL cheerleader because Jasmine is actually the captain for the Carolina the Carolina Panthers cheer squad while also working at NASCAR. So, yeah, most of the questions though were all about NASCAR, but she did touch a little bit on juggling the two. But yeah, so shout out to her. We have a few other people in the pipeline that will join us. And of course, we will link that in the podcast description. So I don't really feel, do we need to talk about the Kozlowski situation? Because I feel like it isn't a situation until it's confirmed. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you could say it's in that ballpark. But I guess uh, I know in Clubhouse, what we talked about was the fact that, well, okay, so Matty D is obviously in a very weird situation. With Austin Sender coming in that car next year for Wood Brothers, but do you just move him over? I again, contract contractually, I don't know how possible that is if that does happen, so to speak. But from what I am assuming, there may be a clause in that Keselowski contract that doesn't allow for something like this to happen this early. I feel like that could be the case. I know Penske is very nip tight, very cleaned up, very polished organization, so. It wouldn't shock me if that's the case. Of course, some people have said that. There's no 100% confirm. I can't 100% confirm what I just said, but I've heard that before, and it's not really you know shocking to see a clause in contracts. Um, shout out to the soccer world, because that's where I learned a lot about that stuff, actually. But yeah, you know, if it does happen, I think that's very interesting, because he's one of the drivers I could definitely see long-term being an owner in the sport after he's done, or even, you know, coming to those last like couple of years before he retires. It definitely makes sense. And he's talked about wanting to do this before. I know he had a truck team and that obviously did not work out. The money did not really translate to what he wanted. But, you know, he's obviously produced some decent uh, stars in the Cup Series with uh, Chase Briscoe and Ryan Blaney, for example, and Tyler Reddick as well, I believe, uh, came through that big BKR truck team a long time ago. But yeah, It'll be interesting to see, but silly season at the moment seems to be very quiet because I don't really foresee many movements at this point in time, unless I'm wrong, but I really don't see any real major movements. Not like how we just had it this past um, fall. So yeah, I think that's a a good enough synopsis of that one. So I guess we can hit some predictions. One quick thing I realized for those who are like, what are they talking about? We're talking about the chatter that Brad Keselowski may go over to Roush as a driver team owner. Because we didn't even say anything about that. We just jumped into the conversation. But yeah, so that's what that was about. So predictions. You ready for some predictions? Yeah, let's get it. Okay. It is time for some predictions. It's time for today's predictions. Oh, I would usually say Renee, who you got, but Kenny, who you got? (laughs) 
Well, the Coca-Cola 600, I think this is 62nd running. Good God. So that means I've been alive for 25 of those. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, that's the longest race of the year. And this is usually won by a veteran. Or if it's not, like in the case of Austin Dillon winning it a couple years ago, fuel mileage or something incredibly wild happening. Um, but for me, I am actually going to go with somebody in the Hendrick stable and it is not Chase Elliott either. I am actually going to go with Alex Bowman to get his first Coca-Cola 600 win. And that'll be his third win of the season, in my opinion. I think they have had a pretty solid outing so far. They ran pretty well last year in the summertime here at Charlotte. And I think they could do it again on the oval and they can put together a pretty solid race. As for my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with someone in the Gibbs stable, and that will be Kyle Busch. I can't remember the year, but I believe it was 2018. Kyle Busch flat out dominated that race (laughs) at Charlotte. He was on rails the entire time. I believe he barely didn't lead. There was a point where he just led damn near every lap. That's how good he was that night. And that's the type of race it is sometimes. But those are my predictions. I'm sticking to them. What say you, Miss Town? Denny. Denny. Actually, no. Is James Dennis Allen Hamlin? Is it Allen is the third name? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure you guys are like, what? Who is James? I just found out that Denny's Hamlin's real name is James. And it's not even Denny, it's Dennis. Because somebody called him Dennis. And I was like, who the hell is Dennis? And then <laughs> Kenny and I were on the phone and I Googled it. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, his name is not even Dennis. It's James Dennis. I actually think it's James Allen Dennis Hamlin. Or is it James? Oh, I got it. What is it? It's James Dennis Allen Hamlin. That is what it is. Dude, he got three first names. (laughs) (laughs) I only knew that because Corey LaJoy used to say it all the time. (laughs) Well, I used to work with him on his podcast. And I was like, wait, is that really his name? He's like, yeah. I was like, what? I said, nah, ain't no way. I looked it up, sure enough. (laughs) So Dennis the Menace is my pick. James Dennis Allen Hamlin is my pick to win. I don't want to pick an alternative, but everything in my body is saying Martin Truex Jr. or Kyle Busch. But I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. to redeem himself for what happened at Coda. He's pissed off. and. We know Martin excels at these kind of races. I mean, what what's 600 miles to Martin Truex Jr.? He got this. But Dennis, Man. as in James, Dennis Allen Hamlin is my pick. And my alternative is Martin Truex Jr. Okay, guys, those are our picks. What say you? Hit us up on the Twitter or the Instagram or join us on the Clubhouse app. You can find us across the boards at Turns No Breaks on the Clubhouse app. Just search NASCAR Talk and we'll come up. For myself, for Kenny, and our boy Renee, who's working a double shift. and is So he's not partying if you thought, oh, Renee must be in Vegas. <laughs> Renee is actually working his tail off in the hospitals. So he is not able to join us for this episode. But yeah, so without further ado, we will talk to you guys next week. See y'all. Have a safe Memorial Day weekend. Eat some good food. Drink well. (laughs) Stay hydrated. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much for tuning in. 